<coughs> what up, man? Yo. Can you hear me? Yep. Cool. Cool beans. It is cool. <clears throat> it is cool. <coughs> Sibilance. One, two, three. What's up? Uh, intro, intro song. Eat up the sound, intro song. Eat up the sound wave. Intro, intro song. Eat up the sound, intro song. Eat up the sound wave. Intro, intro song. Eat up the sound, intro song. Let me make sure. How you doing, man? Oh, you know. I'm uh, I'm still getting over a cold. That sucks. I uh didn't I was sick all last weekend and then I felt moderately better, but I didn't really have a choice because I had a really big workshop I had to help deliver on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh and then I took yesterday off because I still was not healthy. So I mm. I feel I feel not 100% right now, but better oh. better than I did. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> I uh I may have some gnarly coughs. I'll try to use the mute button. Uh, whatever. I've been uh, <laughs> just I've, turn your head. I've been I've been hawking up some weird shit. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about that though. Uh. I blew man, my I've, I blew uh, my I blew my nose into my hands in the shower and it looked like someone dumped a, like a tub of cottage cheese into my hands. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Um, do you have any notes written? Uh, I added a few things. None of them are interesting or worth talking about, but they at least will jog us if we get to a lull. Okay. You know, um, I, 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 I feel like I have to say this. I thoroughly enjoy podcasting and finding it more difficult to find time to do it. Yeah, me too. Well, and also I feel guilty about doing it because I still have school of bullshit hanging over my head man it's uh, lit review stuff but, uh, well I mean we've kind of fallen into a bi-weekly recording anyway we could make that official you know so, okay. we, stop, so we stop feeling guilty about it yeah that might, that might be the way to go and then we can always if we decide you know if things open up for us we want to do weekly again but most of a lot of the podcasts I listen to do things bi-weekly and that seems to work for them cool um excuse me Right, we're we're in it. We're in it. Oh yeah, this is the this is the show. This is the this is the. There's no hullabaloo. There's no uh, bally bally brouhaha. Yeah, we just none jump, of those words were used correctly, but they're fun to say. <laughs> hullabaloo is something. Hull, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, hull, that, I, I don't even know if that's a word. No, hullabaloo is a word. Of course it is. I remember I remember learning the word brouhaha in uh, I think it was fourth. No, it would have, it had to have been fifth grade, maybe fifth grade English class. I thought it was a great word. Mm. It's one of those words that just sounds like what it is, and not and I, and I don't mean it in like an onomatopoeia way. I'm just saying like the word itself ev- like evokes a thing in my mind that the way that it sounds is the the thing that it is describing. I don't know. Mm. That's a little 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 crazy. So now I have to look up what this word means. I have no idea. Ruhaha. It's just like a like a scuffle, like a oh. like a like a ballyhoo. <laughs> I think ballyhoo could be a feasible synonym for it. <laughs> a noisy and overexcited reaction or response to something. So you got a brouhaha. Now, are you looking at like an urban dictionary or is this a real word? No, this is a real word. This is a dictionary dictionary. So dictionary. You've, all right. So you're teaching me a word. Mm-hmm. So you got brouhaha, mm-hmm. which you just defined. Mm-hmm. Look at ballyhoo. All right. Ballyhoo. A clamorous and vigorous attempt to win customers or advance any cause, blatant advertising, or publicity. Huh. I didn't realize it had that kind of connotation to it. Uh, let's see. A clamor or outcry is, kind of, I think, kind of how I've always thought of it. 
What's the origin? 1830, 1840s, Americanism of uncertain origin. I could totally see somebody in the 1830s saying ballyhoo. Hullabaloo is also a word. Hullabaloo. <laughs> Hullabaloo. Uh, I don't Hullabaloo. think, was there, any, was there any debate as to whether or not it was a word? I didn't know hullabaloo <laughs> was a real word. A clamorous noise or disturbance uproar. Um. <laughs> ballyhoo. Ballyhoo. <laughs> uh, your your, your soundboard game is on, is on point today. You got everything um, hooked up? Man. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, hello. Welcome to the file drawer, I guess. <laughs> So, uh, did you look at? Did you look into anything about blockchain at all? No, no. Let's not talk about it. Oh, I, I, I was ready to talk about. All right, it, fine. You can go for it. I can just ask questions. No, never mind. I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> it's really, it's a really abstract concept. I mean, all right. So, oh god, this is going to be ugly. But, but go for nah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, one person, like I watched the video, and they kind of characterize it. As what it seemed like to me, and some people thought like this, it's it block, the term blockchain has now become almost like a branding thing. You know what I'm saying? This, the same way they kind of described it, the same way like Web Web 2.0 kind of ultimately became or whatever. But um, okay. But anyway, so how I understand it, it's just it's basically a, a distributed some form of a distributed database system mm-hmm. where databases, um are essentially scattered across uh, multiple people's computers, you know, that are sort of keeping track of this information. And it's a way to, it's a way of like uh, ensuring the integrity of the data where to make it, in order to make a a change in the database, okay, so all these databases that are scattered across different computers must always be sort of aligned Mm -hmm. and um, reflect what's the the state of each database. the the ledger, basically, if you're talking about like Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. A, it's a way of pushing uh, transactions and the trust and the validity of transactions, kind of distributing them and making them public, and uh, using that as the mechanism for ensuring valid things are happening, as opposed to like an institution like a bank. Yeah. And so, and, and so, Bitcoin is just one application mm-hmm. of this blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just one one way to implement this blockchain uh, design or whatever. Or, 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 or method or whatever whatever we called um, but in order to make a change to the database to even attempt to say okay my database I want to make I want to do a transaction or a change or whatever um, the, uh, the computers themselves have to be solving some sort of algorithm or some right. sort of equation which is that in Bitcoin I think they use the term like mining yeah and if you solve it I guess the first one to solve it gets an attempt to make that change. But even if it attempts to make that change, again, that change has to also, again, match um, uh, the other databases or whatever. And if it doesn't, I think it gets kicked back out. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I can't, I, at the time when I looked it up, there are other uses for it. I just can't, for the life of me, remember. But again, it seems like it's just a big sort of integrity check for information. Yeah, and so if information is spread across multiple computers, it's just it's just not one sort of server uh, controlling whether or not the information is right or wrong. It's right. it's it's I, I assume hundreds of thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands. I, I don't know to what um, extent 
this stuff is uh, you know distributed. Well, and I um, know part of the the appeal is the idea that the it, uh, people talk about it as if you know you're you're if, if we're talking Bitcoin here, um, you know we're not talking about like physical pieces of money or something, and that therefore it should be like unhackable. But I know. Uh, Ethereum and the DAO have had some hacks, and there's been other hacks as well into it as well that that have caused uh, some uh, a brouhaha, if you will, in the blockchain community. But again, I know nothing about anything. So yeah, so um, and and so the the, the maybe the, within the week after uh, we kind of podcast and kind of briefly talked about it, not really talked about it, but kind of just brought it up. Um, one of these guys who's like a big Bitcoin advocate. I don't know what, to what extent he was involved in it itself, but he was on the Joe Rogan podcast kind of talking about it. And he's been on it there a couple of times, so that might be a good avenue to uh, learn more about it, I guess. But um, I, I didn't like – you know, the, the unhackable thing I think is false. Um, the uncorruptible, I guess. Right. Um, so, again, this is how I understand it. Um, as he discussed – as he talked about it, he because they started talking about like um, like other companies, like software companies, putting out like these uh, uh, hack bounties. Uh, what do they call it? Um, bug bounties. Bug bounties and stuff. Yeah. And he, and, and he a good his rationale, but it seemed like a little forceful, uh, like a forced rationale. He was like, you know, these Bitcoin because um, they have these uh, the different ones that sort of manage it. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, there's big organizations that I guess. That are, that are basically make, creating these equations for the miners to then solve, thus producing the Bitcoin. I, I can't remember what, what it's called, but he says they basically have built-in bounties. He goes, if if um, one of them gets hacked or exploited, it collapses. And I'm like, that's not a that's not the same thing. But basically, saying the money, the stake of the the money stakes, the monetary stakes is so high for. That if it's corrupted, that's almost like the bounty. Like if a person breaks through and gets the money, that's, that's <laughs> they've that's, just they've just been paid the bounty. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And I'm like, what kind of logic is that? I thought that was kind of ridiculous, personally. Yeah. But um, uh, the weird thing I thought because I started looking at looking at information, um, based on like you know, okay, if I wanted to like get involved in like mining bitcoins and stuff like that, how would I do it? And it, to me, it's like the um. What it seems like it first started off as just people using their own, you know, computers, and it sort of transitioned to building computers that were more uh, tailor-made, specifically tailor for, yeah. for mining. Yeah, yeah, because it takes yeah. massive amounts of computing power now. Because yeah. it's been around for so long, like the, the each each basically each block in the blockchain takes more computing power, more time, more resources to uh, mine essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they've like made the equations harder to solve because there's so many more people, so many additional people are, are, are in the process, engaged in the process, and so yeah, people like selling these machines specifically for Bitcoin mining and stuff. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I was like, well, isn't isn't that sort of a what would be the equivalent word? Maybe um, like if we're talking about psychology, almost like a self-selection type bias type thing. Like if you have enough money to buy in. You're already at an advantage. It's like it's supposed to solve this issue of the you know certain people winning, I, I guess, and make it a possibility to sort of get get on top. Um, if you're not 
already sort of at this high level of power. But it seems to me if you are if you have enough money to sort of invest in these extremely high level machines, you you've already sort of put yourself at a uh, at a level that you can um, mine more bitcoins. You know what I'm saying? Like there's already like a level a power differential sure. sort of built into the system. That's what it seems like to me. Again, this is me not knowing anything, but I think it's just interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting to talk about. Yeah. Um, don't mind uh, the rustling that you're hearing. My pop filter fell off. Yeah, I see uh, it. So I'm going to mute myself for a second, and you just keep talking. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, the the guy on the Joe Rogan experience, let me look at what his name is. So you can just look at specifically for his podcast um, to hear him talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the guy – his name is Andreas Antonopoulos. And again, I don't think he's like a person who, let's see, he's a Bitcoin entrepreneur is what he describes himself as. Um, and he serves on advisory boards of several Bitcoin startups um, as the chief security officer. That's uh, how this Joe Rogan podcast describes him. Um, I'm back, by the way. Uh, and serves as the chief security officer of blockchain. So, so, hey, everybody. All right. So we're not going to. <laughs> what was that? I didn't know I was going to start playing, but I, I was <laughs> trying to look at the summary of uh, the Joe Rogan experience. But if you just look it. up Andreas Antonopoulos, um, he's probably done several podcasts. I'm not going to necessarily advocate Joe Rogan's, but A N D R E A S A N T, just like it's O N O P O U L O S. Okay. Boom. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but so. Anybody interested in that that might be just interesting. I like the Joe, Joe Rogan experience again. We've talked about this before because they they just are so long. Um, uh, yeah, that you can sort of just really get into. It allows them to sort of really get into the weeds, you know, move in and out of the conversation on, on a lot of different ways. So anyway, um, it was just a coincidence that he happened to be on like that like following week that we talked about it. So I kind of that's what kind of got me in more interested in looking into it. Cool. Well, I should have done some research so I could have participated intelligently. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't think it's the answer to money. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, because just because, like, you know, dollars, bills aren't moving around. I mean, even in real world currency, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that's the case anyway. We're, we're just, it's an exchange of, do, you know, zeros and ones. You know, you, you move money around in your account all the time. Right, right. Not actually handling the physical money. I, I don't. I don't know. Clear, clearly, though, for anybody who's for Bitcoin or anything that, like, maybe if it's not Bitcoin, maybe it's something similar that comes out in, let's say, twenty years. Who knows what it's going to be? You know, everybody who acts like the system never is going to change. I think it's just crazy. If you look at the history of money in the U.S. in the last hundred years, it's changed. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when did we last have? Like, we moved to like the silver. Uh, Silver certificates at some point when gold was an issue or something, and then we moved off of that. Um, There's always been all sorts of yeah. You know, it used know. to be much more of a political thing, obviously, than it is now. But whether or not we were on the gold standard or silver standard uh, was was a very uh, hot topic, you know, in the 1800s. Yeah. So yeah, it, it all changes. Everything everything changes. Everything changes all the time. Everything is in flux. Everything. Everything is in flux. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Including yeah. Uh, the beard that you're growing right now. Yeah, it's it's actually about to be in very very much of a flux. I'm about to cut it. Oh, uh, come gonna, on. It's just I can what I can. You, feel you gotta fight face. through it. 
you got I know, no pain, no gain. Nah, it's at that stage oh. where it's just like it's I at feel the stage every where you have to just you know man up, fight through the the mild discomfort, and then yeah. you have a badass beard. Yeah, no. whatever. I, and I'm also I, I forgot how annoying it is to uh, if you want to keep it managed, you know, shaving. I don't know if your hair kind of grows around the cheeks. Yeah, and stuff. no, yeah, you do. But you we're talking like stuff. 15 seconds of effort every day. It's more effort than that. Uh, you're doing it's it wrong. Than that. All right, uh, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Just, just breaking my soul. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I woke up this morning. I was like, I just, I just couldn't feel it. I'm like rubbing my face. I'm like, ah. And you were just impressed by how manly you felt. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? What's new in Eric's world? Do you, uh, you eat more barbecue recently? Nah, dude. I've um, I've got to get back to a better eating habit. Like <laughs> me too. Can I my, tell you my what, LBs, dude? Are not good. <laughs> what I I uh, remember how I ate that leftover uh, beef uh, rib, <laughs> and it, it was like a huge bone, but there was still a good amount of meat on that. The next morning, I threw that in a hot frying pan with some bacon, and I cooked that up. So much fat came out of it. And it was so hot and so good. And I, like, I kind of crisped up the outside. And I put an egg on top of it. Oh, it was good. But I was feeling it all day. How did you fly like that? Uh, not comfortably. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I wouldn't. Uh... I've, been, I've been having some, some naughty dreams about those, that barbecue that we ate. It was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, next time. Next time I'm coming out, we're doing it again. It's actually really good that the line is long. Because if a, if the line wasn't long, it's like one of those things I would stop at just for like you, lunch. Yeah, well, you let me would start, do it. Let me do stop it in. Yeah, you know, it would so. be like your version of the dollar slice that I get way too often. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, only because the transaction is so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm, I am proud of myself. I haven't done that in a long time. You know, if they got if they got on that app for delivery, oh, seamless, and just had yeah. just had like a staff of like. Two, three people handling oh, those orders. They would make. They'd probably make a killing. And I bet you they could even get away with charging a pretty high delivery fee. People oh, yeah. would still do it, not people just not to stand it. in the line. It would be the different. Yeah, it'd be basically uh, the equivalent of the the line uh, standing in the line. You need to go go have you know? a conversation with somebody in charge over there as a consultant and be like, look, this is not this is an easy easy way for you guys to make a bunch more money, and my I'll take my fee in free delivery. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, just drop it, yep. drop it off for me. Yep, I'm just saying. Uh, tasty meats. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, sorry if you're hearing coughing. I've been a little under the weather. Um, getting getting better, but still got this cough that I just can't kick. <sighs> yeah, iPhone here. seven came out. So, so Yanni over there. Yeah, iPhone seven. So what? Oh, are you gonna about to tell us that you got an iPhone seven? I got an iPhone 7. No. Yeah, no, you right. didn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, that, would, that would be the sign that we had to just end the podcast, I think. Like, if, if the day you actually upgrade your phone, we just call it quits. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I don't I, – I, you know, I can't um, – I can't – at the moment, I can't just justify spending that much money on a phone. Sure. Whether it be an iPhone or whether it be a, an expensive uh, – you know, level Android phone. I'm like, I just don't get it. Um, I get it. Don't get don't get me wrong. I get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, sure. I, I, maybe that's how I hold myself. I don't think I'm worth it. I'm not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> um, so this is like a self worth thing. I know it's like a self worth thing. <laughs> uh, what would you have to do or be to be worth it? 
I'm, I'm totally joking. You know, that, right? <laughs> I know, uh, I know. But I feel like there's like a deep part of you where like there's this nugget of truth. No, I don't. I, you know, there's a nugget of truth is I don't think anybody is worth uh, it. In, in grad school right now is worth it. It's so sure, funny. Sure. You know, all these people, students and stuff, um, uh, you know, running out to buy like iPhone 7s. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What? What? Where are you making iPhone seven money as a a grad student? This whole thing about you know student education, Uh, and I'm saying that in jest. I'm saying that in jest. Um, But yeah, it's not like it's not like uh, you're making a a ton of money right now, or anybody in grad school, especially at a at a private grad institution. and it, as crappy as my phone is kind of working right now, it's still working. You exactly. know what I'm saying? And it's it's like almost the third character of on our on our podcast at this point. I know. I feel like I'm, getting rid of it would require some sort of ceremony or something. Um, and then like so, it, ultimately though, what my plan was to do before I sort of dig, dug in deeper to understand what was going on, I was uh, going to be willing to just um, go ahead and do the two year contract again, mm-hmm. like with, with Verizon to, to do it. Until I looked into it and. Don't you know everybody sort of changed after a lot of people have gotten rid of this contract thing and they just have the payment plan, right? Distributing um, your payment over like two years, which is basically paying for the phone over time. Uh, which to me, it, it, it obliges you to uh, be linked to that company for two years anyway. So to me, it's ultimately the same thing. Um, but uh, Verizon does have a two year contract, which makes it less expensive. However, their line access fee, which is normally $20 out of contract, becomes $40. $40. So it's basically $20 extra per month. And I did the math, and I was like, at least on this phone, it's the same amount of money. So it's no, it's no different. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's just, it's just a, a different way of, I guess, uh, creating a, it's a it's creating the illusion as if I'm you're saying, doing something. Yeah. Different. It's different optics on the whole thing. Yeah. Which um, is shady as hell because phone companies are all freaking criminals. Yeah. Um, so it's just like... You know, a person that doesn't look at look into it thinks, oh yeah, oh we pay three hundred dollars for it. And I'm like, no, for a subsidized phone, you still you pay twenty extra dollars a month for the line access fee. Mm-hmm. And then if you do the math, it's pretty much the same amount of money, if not the same. You know, right. so uh, it, when I looked into that, I was like, oh, that's the way I, I would have done it. Which don't get me wrong, it's I don't think it. I mean, it's their way. It's their business model. It is what it is. And um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, so did so, you yeah. watch the the Apple event? I did. I did. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought uh, my thoughts were that the Apple Watch, the second version of the Apple Watch, seemed cool. Um, probably still at the level that I'd be jumping at buying one. But I, I like where they're going. Like it's it's one of those things I, I like not having the first of because I think the first of is terrible. You know, you know, if any, first of is not terrible. It's on my yeah. wrist right now. Anyway, Worn it right, every day uh, for two years. I, that, I, get, uh, I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, not terrible, but they're figuring it out. You know what I mean? I love the feature where it, like, spits the water out. The water out, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's yeah. like, somebody described it to, as uh, the eye, or as the uh, the watch is, like, sneezing. Yeah. It, like, sneezes the water <laughs> out of it. it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's kind of gross, but also kind of funny. So, yeah, I like that. Because um, think, you know, you know, I think on our favorite podcast, I think they were talking about Apple Watch, I believe, and I, I don't know if I heard it there or elsewhere, but I think that for the consumer market, a lot of people are still like using these things for like fitness stuff. Primarily fitness, and Apple yeah, realizes yeah. that now, and they are hitting yeah. that hard in their marketing. Yeah, so now like with that, people can like do their lap swimming. I, I, I'm yeah. assuming yeah, maybe yeah. it works that way. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, 
you know, with the um, having the internal GPS for yeah runners. GPS for running. I yeah. think that's just really good and really yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, and I think they're trying to keep the price point at a level that still works for people. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those upgrades where like I have the first version of the Apple Watch. Um, so I think what they announced is cool. And if I didn't have an Apple Watch and I was thinking about getting one, like I'd probably I would be happy getting one of those. But I don't think I'm gonna get a new one. Because I don't think the jump from what I currently have is that is big enough to warrant that kind of money. If you're a hardcore runner, though, I think the GPS Maybe. might tempt you. So, so you, you know you don't have to fumble with. I mean, obviously you can. You know, people still strap their uh, phones and their armbands yeah. and stuff. Yeah, which is what I but do. But if you know, if you could run with less stuff on you. Yeah, but here's the thing. Right. I don't. So you, the watch may have a, a GPS, but part of the reason why I carry a phone while I'm running is ca- in case oh, of an emergency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so until the watch gets its own cellular connection, you're still yeah, going to have to carry your phone if you want to have your phone for emergency type situation. Fair enough. So, yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm very interested in that product and where it will continue going as things get smaller um, and they can pack more and more into that tiny little case. Yeah, it's pretty uh, neat. Incredible. I but, want uh, to oh, go ahead. I went to Verizon just yesterday. I was actually working in the library, and the Verizon store was just right there. So I was like, oh, let me go up. Before I go, I'm going to go over there and held the iPhone 7 in my hand. Okay, which one? And maybe I, maybe the 6 I, Plus or, or, the, or the the Plus or the regular? The regular. Bo- yeah. uh, both. I think okay. I touched both. No, I only held the iPhone 7. <laughs> right now. And uh, I guess I'm just not used to the iPhone, but it felt very dense in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is lighter like than quality. iPhone 6. But yeah, it felt very just dense. Uh, I don't Not necessarily weight. And yeah, I'm just curious to know, does yours feel that way? You have a 6S, right? I have a, I have a 6S Plus. Okay. But does it one. feel like very just dense? It feels, Again, it not weight-wise, like but, but very compact. Yeah, very, it feels like a quality piece of, piece yeah. of technology. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I was watching people do like drop tests online before our podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, it's hard for me to tell. One person's comment was like, yeah, those look like the... The fake iPhone sevens. I don't know how you can tell because apparently there's like iPhone clones that are out there that you can buy for like one fifty that you know are made to look like it. Obviously not the same quality, but uh, I just think that's so that's so crazy where they actually put effort into making the box look like an iPhone. I think I'm like y'all are, y'all are wild. And yeah. I know like in in Asia they have like all these i i store. What do they call it? Apple stores and stuff that are fake. Oh really? That's, I didn't know that. Oh dude, it's so insane. <laughs> and they're set up to like look like Apple stores, but you know, if you look close enough, you're like, ah, that's not one, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think there's anything Apple that's can funny. do about it because the government just doesn't care. Like, you know. Um, did you, when you went to the Verizon store, did you look at um, the jet black one? That's the one that they had. The sh- um, that, like the really shiny display, one? Which I don't like. I, I wish they had a display of multiple colors, honestly. Okay. Oh, they only had one. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, because I think I so I'm getting oh I'm getting a seven plus through work um, and I think I'm gonna go with the jet black. People say it scratches easily and scuffs easy, which is might fine for me because I yeah. like techno I like my technology to look worn, uh, and I don't ever use a case, so I'm not really worried. I think about I think it's scratch I think it scratches a great you know if but if you're but if you're not putting it yeah. on your keys and stuff like that I think you're, you're I mean fine. yeah I don't I mean I I. I, I practice good iPhone hygiene, meaning I only put it in pockets without anything else in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'm I am super not caring about having a um, yeah. scratches the, on it. The thing about it, like if the scratches on the jet black, 
and I don't know to what extent it scratches, but if it's like scratching to the extent where the jet black is now a panda, you know, you know what I'm saying, silver. <laughs> I think I think it goes, or you know, a zebra or something. Sure. I think that kind of like just goes against the purpose of having well, jet black. Now, yeah. I don't, I don't think, think it's I don't, that I don't think it scratches that extreme. No, I don't think it does. I think mean, they're micro scratches with normal wearing wearing tear and putting it on uh, your desk and stuff. But uh, the jet black did look sexy. Um, but I would probably, if I were to get one, I like the matte black. I think the matte black also looks very sexy as well. Yeah. Um, and people were saying, like, the grip. Again, I haven't held iPhones in my hand as much. But people were saying, like, maybe the, the, the slickness on the jet black was there. But holding it Verizon just real quickly, it's hard to hold it at Verizon. But mind you, marketing is terrible in terms of how Verizon sells it because they have this big magnet uh, security it, yeah. thing on the back. I'm like, yeah. y'all are doing yourselves a disservice. Like, put... <laughs> Like in, I think in some stores they have it like in the power cord part, like uh-huh. on the bottom yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But not a lot of people would actually hold it like and they would actually hold it. Feels like, right. Yeah, like it's so stupid. Yeah. But um, it it didn't feel slick to me. Maybe that's because yeah. you know, I've my never hands really had, greasy. You know? I've never had a problem feeling that the phones were slick. So yeah, I think people are just whiners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- uh, that's a good call. Are you going to keep your your phone? Like, I don't know not, what I'm going to do with it, actually. You want to sell it? I was literally just thinking that. Oh, I'm like, oh, well, oh, here's oh. the thing. It's an AT&T phone. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. but we should, I mean. Actually, 6S's, though, are, uh, what do they call it? Universal uh, or something? Like, you could use yeah. them anywhere? I want to use the cool, the, the cute, uh, uh, what is it? <sighs> What's the word? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, carrier. I'm agnostic, a, agnostic, carrier agnostic. That's, yeah. a, that's the cool one. Okay. About. Well, then I think I think the success is. Yeah, I need to figure something out to do with this phone. So let's uh, let's talk offline. You know, yeah. I'm I would be happy to uh, strike a deal on this phone. Yeah. Um, that would be. I I don't know how I feel about potentially. Basically, I would be the one putting the bullet in the back of your cell phone, your current cell phone's head. If I if I gave you this yeah. one, I don't know if I, know, my, if I want I that st- on my conscience. I don't I know if I want that on my conscience, man. I still, I still might not be ready to buy one. To the truth, uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's after. talk. Let's talk. Um, what else <coughs> that I think was interesting? The AirPods. So the whole thing about mo- removing the headphone jack. Where do you land on this? Because I know we both listen to ATP. There have been strong feelings there. I'm curious as to what you think about removing the headphone jack. I think. That people who are up in arms are, I mean, I'm not going to make fun of how they feel. I mean, people can feel the way they feel. I don't think it's as big of a deal as what people, how people make it seem. Because um, currently I was just thinking, you know, Erica keeps her iPhone in a, in a uh, what's called a life-proof case. So when it's in the case, they have like this special dongle that you can screw in and mm-hmm. actually plug your earphones in. Because it's kind of, it's like a level of depth mm-hmm. in the case. And so, you know, you, you know those people out there already sort of keeping stuff in cases and need some sort of extension anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that's the issue. I, I like that. All right. So, all right. Keep, keep going. I'll be right back. My Roomba just started. I got to send it back to its home. You, you're lazy <laughs> to us a Roomba. You're crazy. Um, I think Roomba, that it was inevitable that phones are going to be going to, Go back to your home. wireless earphones. Uh, Apple's not the first one to do it. I think like there's a Moto Z. There's a Moto Z that has already right. removed their earphone thing. So Apple's not the first to do this. I think it's inevitable for, for every. Um, I think yeah, it's inevitable. I'm, I agree. I, it's inevitable. I agree. I, I don't with think you. it's courage. I think that was a silly thing. That's a again, the, the, Moto, the Moto Z has already 
I think they have one of their phones that's already removed that, you know, the, 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 uh, the wired, yeah, but, the wired but, earphones. Um, so I don't think it's courage. I think it's ridiculous, but I think it's inevitable. Um, I think it's exciting. I, like, I do too. I think, I think it's, it's going to spur. I think it's cool. I think it's going to force some innovation. I think it's going to force Bluetooth to get better. Yep. Um, you still can get cheaper, cheap Bluetooth stuff. I don't know how well they work, but you can probably get some that are not 150 that work good enough for everyday sort of nonsensical use. And plus, I mean, and you can still use wired headphones. You can and you can still use wired headphones. Yeah. And you can still, that, that's what I don't get. They're selling this $9 dongle, which I, I'm like, oh, good for them. They've, they've, they, they were reasonable in that sense, you know what I'm saying, to offer a dongle that's cheap enough, yeah. I, I, I think, and I'm cheap, Yeah. where it makes sense. And I'm like, I don't get the issue. Um, I, I don't get the issue. Now, and I'm the person who doesn't even buy, like, real headphones. I mean, these headphones here, these I buy these um, Panasonic, like, $8 joints off of Amazon, you know, Um I'm not composing music. I'm not making beats. I'm not. Sc- I'm not scoring soundtracks. Um, I don't need the nuance. I don't need to uh, hear the nuance. Um, you don't need to hear. Every- it. You don't. You don't. You don't need my voice coming across the microphone and into your ears in perfect high definition audio. Is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. N- nor do I know if I can tell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, it's a, you know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You know, maybe if I was watching movies, maybe that might make a difference on, on stuff. But. Uh, most people can't tell, you, you yeah, know. Uh, yeah. That's a thing that's hilarious. Um, that people, you know, make this whole kerfuffle, new word. Kerfuffle. Oh, kerfuffle. How did we forget uh, about that one? Uh, oh, this, um, is, this is a vocabulary podcast now. Uh, <laughs> they do this, you know. They're making much to do about nothing, you know what I'm saying? Um, for the average Joe, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that I, I don't think it matters. I've, I've kind of randy. Let me, let me hear, I, I was kind of randy because you were stepped away for a second. Yeah, sorry. What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. No, I agree <laughs> from what everything that I heard, except for the 10 seconds that I missed while I was chasing my Roomba around, uh, which I heard your derogatory comment, which I will come back to. Uh, <laughs> um, derog- oh, okay, no, 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 no. You called me lazy because I have a Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thought on that, and I'm not. I'm not going to fully dispute that. There is an element of laziness that is involved with it. Um, I agree everything on headphones. I think it's cool. The AirPods are interesting. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how well they work. Um, I think you know. Obviously, Apple has a lot of control over putting stuff over, uh, putting some secret sauce over the Bluetooth protocol to make them work better, pair better. Uh, so I'm excited to give him give him a whirl. I think it's a, a move in toward the future. Um, so yeah, headphones. Uh, I have a question. Roomba. So what kind, of, oh, what kind yeah. of what kind of headphones do you have right now? These are just the Apple Apple okay. headphones. So I have heard, I do have wireless Beats that I keep at the office that are noise canceling that I use on planes and at the office because I work in an open office space. Well, I had a question just about the the design of the AirPods, I guess, and they mm-hmm. look like they're they're pretty much the same sort of design aspect yeah. of, the, of the iPhone. Uh, whatever they're called, the, you know what I'm saying. The yeah, headphones, the earpods, and yeah. I, I've heard people complain so much that those things don't really fit in the ear very well. I'm lucky; so, they fit mine really well. Do they? Okay, because I like the ones that have like the the, the rubber mm, I uh, hate those. fittings. Do you hate them? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I shouldn't say that I hate them, but I haven't had a great experience with them. I always feel like the size that I actually need is in between what they give me. 
So the usually big they come with multiple. Yeah, exactly. Classes. So like the middle one and the lower one, like I feel like I need the one in between it or something like uh, that. Okay. The best ones that I ever had were um, like these bows in ear. I, I was about to talk about go, those. Like they, they have like a weird way that they hook up into your ears, and they felt incredible. Yeah. Well, now now bows in ears, they have like the thing that kind of goes into this. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. that part of your ear? I don't know. The, it's like a rubber thing, and I think yep. they have different sizes. Yep, they do. It, they were really that, comfortable. Those are really cool to me. I'm yeah. like, I'm surprised they didn't even create the possibility of anything like that at all to modify um, the size of them yeah maybe maybe offer surprising. both you know what i'm saying like yeah. i don't yeah, yeah, it's just weird to me. Um, that is, it is. I mean, for such an expensive, if we're talking about the AirPods, for such an expensive headphone, uh, you would think like it is unreasonable to think to just offer one size and expect them to work for everybody. Like yeah. we have different sized ears. Like that's just a thing. Yeah. Um, and it, the, it, the stakes become even a little bit higher when you don't have a wire to catch them when they fall out of your ears. Yeah. Like people are going to be I, losing I, these. I'm going to see right. people using a lot of those. Uh, remember those eyeglass. Uh, <laughs> Sure. Strings, what are they called? Yeah, yeah. wearing wearing their uh, headphones like glasses, and like a nerd seatbelt type thing. Yep. Exactly. Oh, the other design, which I I think they can probably improve upon in design, but I don't know if you've seen the Bluetooth head headphones that have like the thing that rests around your neck. I have those for running actually, and those don't. That doesn't seem like a terrible. Oh no, not idea. that kind. I I I, have, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, 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 for sure. You know, um, and maybe, those look terrible though. Those are ugly as hell. Yeah, but I'm, but if there's a way. If either you, some third party maybe can sell something that can be attached. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. To the ear, but they don't look good. But whatever. I mean, also if, if it's going to lower the risk of you losing well, one of them right now, Apple doesn't care about you losing them because that just yeah. means you got to buy them more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to try it out. I don't. It sounds like they didn't make enough for the first wave of pre-orders and everything. So I don't. I don't even think that the ones we ordered for work are going to arrive until like November. So. Mm. We shall for, see. You work for a good. Uh, We're all about the company, about the technology. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I legitimately do a lot of work on my phone. On your phone, yeah. Uh, so I don't. I, it feels justified. I'm surprised you guys aren't work waiting for the first wave of them to just sort of get out there, dispensed and. <laughs> Uh, debugged. <laughs> um, nah, we're 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 too much. Uh, all of us are too much of tech nerds to wait that long. So I come home. Now listen to this. This is set up like for you. Crap because the dog decided to take a big dump right here in front of the TV. Oh, is this the Roomba then went out and like smeared, moved, smeared it everywhere. The house. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, about the yeah. I don't have I don't have a pet, luckily. But I'm not gonna lie. The first couple times that uh, I left the apartment after buying it and setting it up to like always go out at the same time during the day, like I have it set up every day at 11 a.m. My Roomba goes out and does its thing, right? Um, and I, the first couple days I came home, I expected to come into my apartment and get somehow my apartment to be destroyed. Like somehow it like pulled like the curtains off the wall and just I don't know. I don't know what I thought would have gonna happen, but luckily nothing did. And I am really embarrassed to admit this, so I'm going to do it anyway. One of the highlights of my day is when I come home from work and I check the, the Roomba's uh, you know, little storage oh, thing where all, the, the, all the, where all the dirt goes to see how much it picked up that day. To see whether or not it had a good day. Did it make a good movie? <laughs> Basically, like, I I'm pretty sure the words that came out of my mouth the, like, the first day I came home and checked it to empty it was, Oh, you had a big day. Uh, and then I dumped the stuff out and I put them back in, gave him a little tap on the head. Um, here's the thing. 
Yeah. I live in a very old building. I there is major construction almost always happening right outside my window, and I keep my windows open all day because I don't have air conditioning, and it's the summer in New York. So my apartment gets strangely dusty very quickly. Mm. Um, and I'm, I don't fully understand. Like I find a lot of feathers in my apartment for whatever reason. I think it's because of the pigeons like to sit on my windowsill, and like, the feathers fall off, and they fly into my apartment. So... I was doing a decent job of keeping things relatively clean. I was using a combination of a, a broom, an old school broom, and I was using a Swiffer, like a dry Swiffer to clean mm-hmm. my floors. But I noticed, and yeah, also hardwood floors, hardwood floors everywhere, oh, okay. and then like yeah, yeah. tile in the kitchen and the bathroom and stuff. Um, and I have a studio apartment, so a lot of the floor space is actually covered by my couch, uh, like a chair and my bed and my desk, and those aren't super easy to clean under very well. And I was noticing, like, there were some serious, serious dust bunnies underneath all of those things that I was not really getting to easily every time I cleaned my floor. So I got a a gift certificate uh, on Amazon for a substantial amount of money that made getting a Roomba like a $20 affair. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this because the Roomba can fit under everything. And um, my apartment seems to be much cleaner now. Plus, good, man. Plus, I really want a dog or a pet, and I'm not going to get a dog or a pet. So I feel like a Roomba is a step in that direction. A step in that direction, yeah. I can, I can talk to him and, and you know <laughs> reassure him when he does a good job, or if he gets stuck on something, I can go over and help him out. Uh, <laughs> I sound like a lonely, crazy person. But, yeah, Roombas are cool. So um, so you watched Flight of the Navigator. You seemed to be I really did. excited. I was stoked when you texted Flight me. of the Navigator. Like, yeah. I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited. Because uh, uh, well, here's what I was – so I, we talked all about how I had like this like 30-second vision of the movie in my mind that is really like seared into my mind from watching it as a kid. But that's all I had from the movie. Mm. Just that little clip and like this, this like general feeling about what the movie was about. Uh, and then – so I was excited to watch it as an adult. I watched it. I don't know if I ever saw the movie all the way through or what, but mm-hmm. it was like a totally brand new movie to me. I had yeah. no idea what was going to happen other than that 30 seconds that I remember him walking around in the <laughs> ship. So I don't know if maybe I just saw like a trailer for it or I did actually see the whole thing and I just completely forgot like how the movie went. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a fun little Disney movie. Uh... There were some parts that made me laugh, it, parts that made me roll my eyes, but uh, I'm glad to have watched it. And it's now what it has actually started for me. I want to go back and watch other major movies from my childhood and see what they're like now as an adult. I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna watch the Buttercream Gang. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch, watch some ones that you haven't seen, like The Goonies. I, I will eventually, but I want to see the ones that I have seen too. I'm gonna watch Angels in the Outfield again. Mm. I'm gonna watch Little Giants. I'm gonna watch Richie Rich, uh, Dumbo, all the Winnie the Pooh movie and TV show. I'm uh, I, I get, I'm realizing as Someone's I'm sitting sure here, we got a lot of time in their hands nowadays. Well, I didn't say I'm gonna do it <laughs> all so immediately. Uh, I also get sitting here realizing like how creepy this makes me sound. Like all these yeah. movies that I'm watching, like I'm doing research or something. Uh, um, but you know, I'm just I'm just reconnecting with my childhood. Yeah, man, it's good. Yeah. I'm I'm very nostalgic like that. Um, yeah. I didn't think I was, but apparently I kind of am. Yeah. So, 
We'll see. We'll see what I can. Uh, well, this will probably be a recurring thing that we talk about is the, the latest movie from my childhood that I rewatched and makes me question what kind of kid I was for liking it. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. Man. Yeah. Um, not that I want to get too much into this, but I actually meant to talk about this when we're talking about Apple. Okay. Have you ever had this issue with your power cord? I've had so many problems with power cords. Um, mine, I feel like didn't break there. Mine always, so what Eric just showed me was like fraying right up by the actual connector that goes into the computer. Mine, I feel like it always broke closer to the power brick, Mm. but always the skinny part there too. I've, I've, that's probably the the number one thing I've had to buy replacements for is uh, laptop power cords. Well, I'm going to take it to the Apple store and see if they can replace it under my Apple care because that's ridiculous. Yeah, they Um, should be able to, I think. Yeah. Uh, I want to nip that in the bud real quick. Um, That's right. Anyway. <clears throat> I think I think it's go in there it, and demand satisfaction. I, I really am. I mean, that's Good. It's outrageous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just just because how the rubber is kind of made right there, it's uh like as soon as it gets a slight rip, it's gone. It's it's so tense. Sure. And I wrap it up, you know, and I wrap it up on the block without creating tension, like near mm-hmm. the block. Mm-hmm. After someone sort of instructed me, you don't want to because it yeah. rips out down there too. And, mm-hmm. I'll take care of the block, whatever. But uh, anyway, it's not taking care of you. Yeah, it's yeah. exposed exposed wire. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exposed power wire, which is always disconcerting. I, mean, I, I, I don't think it's the actual wire now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of saying the gist. I think they have like this sort of silver threading yeah, around still, outside. You shouldn't be able to, You shouldn't be seeing that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, what else is so going on? I, I checked our speak pipe, and guess what? What? We still got nothing. We still yeah. got this. this is, Eric, I, I have... This I, is a test <laughs> testing out the system, seeing if it works. See I'm just joking. Can, so no, no I, one, no, none of my people listen to this this podcast. Well, it's all I, was just, I was just about to say, <laughs> I think our dirty little secret yeah. is that nobody's actually listening to this. Somebody's downloading it. Um, yeah, me. Like every episode that gets released, I download and like make sure that it sounds okay. And then you probably do the same. So there's yeah, two. Um, twenty this, uh, about twenty five people listened to our uh, our last one. This twenty five before eighty four <laughs> before that though. Ooh, this um, is an exercise in just doing it for the love of the art and not for the notoriety. Or I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I but uh, I, I think I think. I, th- I think we may be a little, uh, some, some, a, a decent amount of time away from just having our speak pipe filled to the brim. <laughs> That's not a metaphor or euphemism. I mean, literally. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> how's, uh, <clears throat> how's your review paper going? Uh, it's going well. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about it now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a. Certain certain mood. You're in a certain. You're in a mood. Mood, mood. Okay. Mindset, like all this stuff is just. I'm just tired of it all. I feel you. Um, I feel you. Yeah. Um. Do we have anything else going on? Uh. Going to California tomorrow. Are you? Indeed, I am. Uh. San Francisco. Visit. Uh, well, first, I'm going to a conference in San Francisco. What conference is that? The Responsive Org Conference, or the Responsive.org presents yeah. the Future of Work, the first annual Responsive Conference. Yeah, Aaron is speaking at it. 
and myself and one of my colleagues, Allie, uh, are going to represent the Ready at this conference, which should hopefully be good. And What's then the actual name of the conference? Um, it's 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 the first annual responsive conference, so it's, it comes out of the responsive.org movement, the responsive organizations movement. Um, yeah, one of uh, somebody basically took the initiative to organize a conference around the responsive organization stuff. So there will be some good, some interesting speakers there, some people from the McChrystal Group. Uh, Aaron, a couple other, somebody from August, uh, which is another company that does org design work out here. Mm-hmm. Um, some other interesting people from companies. Yeah, this guy named Adam Pizzoni, who's doing stuff with um, doing an educational startup. It's uh, hopefully it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be good. It'll be good. And, and then I'm gonna first. then I'm gonna bop down to Claremont for the rest of that week, and I think I'm just gonna work from Claremont. The following week as well before flying back since i'm gonna be out there anyway so might as well make it worth my while nice yeah um <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. i uh, went to a uh io psychologist networking event last week oh. or this week this cool. week how'd that go last week it went well there's only like six people there or okay. so okay um but it was good to kind of be around IO people, yeah, a little bit. Um, all of them, each person sort of came there. Sort of was at was at different sort of um, stages in their, I guess, professional okay. careers. Um, one guy works for like this big IO type company, or you know, not necessarily IO company, but uh, a big consulting firm called CEB. <coughs> and the okay. funny thing it is, like, I've been so out of the game for a while. Um, that I didn't even know what that was. Um, but CB is a, how do they describe himself? Uh, uh, how do they describe themselves? Is it CEB Global? Uh, Best yeah. Practice, Insights, and Technology? I, b- I believe I believe this is the right one. Yeah. I believe this is the right one. But anyway, so, yeah, I believe that, that is the right one. Yeah, it looks like it. One. Um, but anyway, so... Back when I was going to like the different SIOP conferences and stuff, I remember all these other uh, companies that would always be there, like SHL, um, PDRI. Um, I can't remember some of the other ones. Um, other Volterra, three, other three-letter companies. Uh, Volterra. <laughs> and, and talking to this guy, I, I learned that none of those companies really truly exist anymore. Per se, because really? they've all been bought by CEB in some form. Like ultimately, <laughs> they're all sort of now within CEB. That's and funny. I was like, wow, I've been, I was like, whoa, those are like, you know, the kind of these big companies yeah, that did, yeah. did their own sort of thing back then. And I, I think they still might exist in name per se, but they are underneath this company. Sure. And I just found that very fascinating that I just haven't yeah. been paying any attention to any of that. Um, so that that was interesting, and again, networking with these people in the field obviously is a good thing because now I have yeah, that information. How, but question for you: so networking events, what do you like? Are you do you feel like you're good at networking events? Like, how do you approach a networking event like that? What how what did you? I'm I'm curious about about Eric at a networking event. Yeah, don't yeah, I, I would say don't do what I do. <laughs> so, I, um, so when I when I go to networking events, okay. <laughs> Um, 
and I hadn't been to one in a while. So this one, I was sort of um, real time, sort of like thinking about what my intention was. Uh-huh. But I think it's I think it's good to go with an intention. So the purpose of the networking event is to network. You know, it's set. It's um, I think I like networking events because the the um, it's clearly the purpose of them is clearly there. It's not a social. You know, it's a networking event. Sure. Um, sure. But what what but what does that actually mean? Uh, I think professional <coughs> network. Um, so you shouldn't feel bad about asking for people's business cards. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you shouldn't feel like let's let's look at. I'm gonna go deeper. This is deeper than let's, you want to go. Oh, let's like go Eric, deep. Eric, 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 in regular conversations, you know, a lot of people always want to know. Well, what do you do? That's like the first thing they ask. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Like I actually want to get to know people. Mm-hmm. You know, not. I don't believe that people are what they do. You, right. You know. Yeah, right, um, right. So what's your what's your your icebreaker question? At, at a networking event or just in general? Uh, both. I I don't know if I haven't. Uh, an icebreaker question. Okay. I don't have like, a go to. I just try to converse. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You just try to be a person. Yeah. Um, and I try to. I'm not. Do I always succeed? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I try to just be just connect with the person. Mm-hmm. If you know, if I overhear someone in a conversation, I'll try to connect on something that they're talking about. If I'm trying to get into a conversation, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not really. And I don't think anybody's exceptional, except for a few people are really exceptional at that. I mean, mm-hmm. everything starts off a little awkward. You don't know people. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. You know. Um, but just understanding that more, you know, others other than you are probably just as uncomfortable and awkward sort of mm-hmm. breaking through um, anyway. And this is an everyday conversation. Um, uh, but at, at this networking event, um, this one guy just started talking to me and he seemed to sort of engage the most. And he, he was actually a lawyer in like employment law. So he was an I.O. guy. But he, he, we just engaged on stuff that was. Some stuff was just kind of random. Some stuff was mm-hmm. relevant. He did tell me what he did and stuff, and um, I share with him sort of what I was in school for. And he was like, "Oh, you know, you should talk to so and so. You know, they do this." So I'm kind of listening. I'm not going to. I'm not going to immediately run from this guy to the next guy, but right. I'm listening to sort of bring that up. If I do get a chance to talk to this other guy and say, "Oh, so and so mentioned that," blah blah blah, you know. Um, I think I did ask a weird question based on the reactions of people. Um, I, it probably came out weird, but I, I was like, "Hey, so are you are you all from Texas, or did you grow where did you grow up?" You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I could see that like the reactions of people. Really, were, that seems you know, really innocuous to me. Yeah, like at least I perceived it as like. Yeah. Well, uh, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's a pretty neutral way to like start how a conversation with someone. Well, I was more so asking like, who is like a lifetime sort of Texan yeah. type thing. Um, <laughs> Because Houston does have a lot of implants, but also Texas de- t- tends to have people that have been there for been there forever. I yeah, mean, they might have gone to school somewhere else, but you know. So they, they did, did was everybody basically like f- from Texas? No. Um, no okay, because I feel like that question in New York is probably like nobody, like very few people that I meet in my day to day life in New York are actually from New York. Uh, so I thought maybe maybe there would just be the maybe everybody was from Texas, so it was weird to get that question. No, nah, not everybody was from. Yeah. And I, I actually think it's interesting talking to people that are maybe from here. Yeah, for sure. Because I know just even, you know, I, within the past 10 years, this place has probably changed a great deal, you know, yep. Um, yep. let alone let the past 20 years, you know. But some people have been here for a long time. So there are some older gentlemen here um, who've been in the game 
for a while. There's this really old guy here. I, I don't know what, I mean, if he's retired or not, but he had like a little manuscript of a book that he's working on publishing just on um, things that he's learned in the IO field. He brought copies for people to look at. I guess it's with a publisher right now. And, That's cool. Um, and so I thought, I thought that was cool. Um, he seemed to really just kind of like IO. <laughs> um, yeah. I got to kind of gauge the industry in terms of how IO psychologists fit in that world mm-hmm. here. What I already sort of knew and what people keep on confirming is the big areas are oil and gas. Yeah, and oil and medical, gas for sure. Medical. Um, some people work for this. This one guy worked for the city of Houston. And he was like, yeah, uh, I'm like their only IO person. And I'm trying to get them to actually hire an OD person. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, I need some work there. Um, um, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. I, I, again, I told, just get back. I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I don't remember I don't, what my question was. So I don't, don't like, I don't like, you know, in networking, I don't like feeling, I think networking events help alleviate this a little, little bit, but I don't like it feeling like, Hey, <coughs> I need a job. Can you get me a job? Hey, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to just talk to people, get to know people, you know, um, not to become best friends with them. I don't think that's what it's all about right, either. But making uh, a connection on an actual human level. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and, um, so they're going to try to do more events. Uh, I kind of made a joke. And again, I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I looked at the website a long time ago. I couldn't tell if you guys were active, you know, and yeah. there's a president, a guy who was there and he was like, yeah, he goes, yeah, we haven't been the best at uh, keeping up with this. We're going to try to do better though. <laughs> you know, he, he, so I was like, yeah. I was like, that's why. All right. So yeah. me noticing that wasn't some weird thing. He was like, yeah, yeah. we need to do a better job of um, gotcha. planning events and stuff. And he, he kind of acknowledged that. And he kind of you know joked around about it too. Um, oh, that's cool. I'm I'm yeah. glad to to hear that you're you know you're doing things like that and being able to step outside of the the academic bubble that you have that you just have to be in right now while you're finishing stuff. Yeah. Um, and and one guy because I asked you know I, I really do like applied research. I like real world data real world problem solving but if there is something that can be learned from it helping share that information and one guy said you know at least where he is there is opportunity to still like present at psyop conferences mm-hmm. you know he does like a lot of validation type stuff you know um like papers or whatever and he says you know that doesn't necessarily have a lot of time to like push it toward publication but what he'll sometimes do if when he can is partner up with someone in academia yeah, yeah. it's a place to, for data you know, and, yeah. and with that combination, it's sort of it's mutually helpful. Yeah, I mean, you know, you as somebody in academia, you know the hunger for uh, for data, for real, for yeah. some, for places, relationships that you can have to get actual data from companies. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm saying that because it's in the process of now, process now of kind of uh, trying to sh- strip away a lot of pages to resubmit um, a paper that we got to reject on. Uh, not too long ago, um, and so that this that whole process is tedious. And I got to c- commiserate. Is that the right word? Yeah. Uh, w- uh, with some of the IO people there, you know, they, they're long out of grad school, but they're yeah. like, yeah, and they're like just the issues with you know, publicizing, you know, publisher Paris, yeah, aspect yeah. of academia. And they're like, yeah, it's it's not for them. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's for me either. Um, and uh, either something has to change in higher ed. Or something will change inevitably. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> it's like twenty years, or I don't yeah. know. 
because um, the ability to teach and also just produce research, like, like teach quality teach. I think it's they're, like, art, they're art. well, they're at like opposite ends. Like they're both. You can either you can doing great research and becoming a great teacher are both very energy intensive things. Yeah. Where if you get really great at one, it's harder to be good at the other, right? If, yeah. And and I don't know, like that's part of the reason. I mean, I I entertained the idea of going into academia for a, a while, um, but I didn't. I, I I can't imagine having my my main stress be this publisher parish kind of um, expectation with the system for getting published being what it is. Like yeah. just being so slow and uh, frustrating it would not not yeah. be a good time. So, um, cool. Yeah, we, we we're kind of talking about that type of stuff, and it was just, it was just kind of fun to be able to talk to people who know what you're going through. Yeah, um, so that was cool. Um, hmm. You know, I, I also had previously reached out to one of the. You know, some teachers at one of the universities here and um mm-hmm. and it was cool i mean didn't really get much out of it but it was cool to kind of just connect with them everybody was friendly in their responses so it was all good um one guy had actually worked um i think at the army research institute years back i believe and um had i was familiar with one of the personality assessments that he worked on because we were actually using it to collect data when I was working for the Navy, um, when we were thinking about using their personality assessment, we decided to make try to make our own, ultimately. But uh, I thought that was cool. Just, I was yeah. me being familiar with, you know, one of the projects he, he used to be on. Um, Point I thought that connection. was funny. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, that's that. Sorry, that's no, kind it's of good. No, it's, <laughs> no, that's that's interesting stuff. I I was curious because going to this conference, I have a feeling I'm going to have be having a lot of conversations like that. Uh, with people wanting to network and wanting to, and, and myself also wanting to network with other companies and, and other people out there. And I don't think I'm a natural at that in any way. I know that what makes me a terrible networker is that I'll find one person who's interesting and then just want to talk to them the entire time uh, instead of like trying to talk to other people who are at an event, uh, which is kind of the point of, of something like that. So I tend I tend to dive deep with one person instead of. I, I don't know. know if that's an, a total issue though. I mean, because it's probably not. I mean, building build, I would quality over quantity. Building one good relationship, yeah. But I, I probably kind of go to. Yeah, There's probably some middle that. ground for you yeah. because I, what I don't also like about network events, which it becomes sometimes, is just collecting of business cards yeah. of people that you never reach out to. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like a brief conversation. Oh, can I get your business card and I'll reach out, reach out to you? Yeah. And it's like, well, it's not even a. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a real connect, and not that you have to connect like, oh, I really like this person type thing. I'm not saying yeah. that, but there's probably some middle ground where you actually. Have a real conversation, but also yeah, don't real burn my entire time talking to one person. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll report back about how I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you seem like you'll be you'll be all right, man. I'll be all right if I get rid of this cough. I don't want to cough on somebody by accident. <laughs> I've had um, these. I don't want to be gross, but the type of cough that I currently have is the type of cough where occasionally some like alien shit will fly out of my mouth. And I have, and I, and I, if I'm not being mindful of proper cough hygiene, 
then you know there's a, there's a splatter effect. Just saying. Don't had, want that. I've had to clean up some walls in my apartment over the past couple of days, which is Seriously? disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I I literally coughed a loogie onto my wall because I didn't. It didn't feel like the type of cough where that was going to happen, but it just did, and. It was one of those things where I was very, very thankful that I was at home by myself and not, like, in the office. Yeah. Because it could have very easily happened around people, and that would have been disgusting. I, I would I've never live it down. When you, when sometimes when you, like, you cough, and maybe you cough into your hand yeah. or whatever, oh, and you, arm, whatever. Then you got a little present like, in your oh. hand. <laughs> and you're like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let's see, let's, let's see what this sounds like. <laughs> what is, oh, come on. That is exactly how I sound, though. <laughs> That's how I wake up. Uh, it's been rough. Uh, all right, dude. I'm meeting, I'm meeting somebody down downtown a little bit for for lunch, so I got to get get a rolling. Cool, man. Cool beans. Uh, uh, feel, feel free yeah. to hit me up about right, um, podcast over. Um, <laughs> that, actually, that, that's how we. Uh, I love I love that as our new way of ending. Podcast over. Let me try to predict what you're eating. I got, I got nothing to, to, to eat up the sound. Eat, eat up the sound wave. Intro, intro song. Eat up the sound. Intro, eat, eat up the sound wave. Intro, intro song. Eat up the sound. Intro, eat, eat up the sound wave. Intro, intro song. Eat up the sound. Intro, eat, eat up the sound wave. Epic.